Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise God. Come on, somebody give God a praise break for a moment. Hallelujah. Praise God. Y'all don't play around here, praise the Lord. The Holy Ghost is in this building. God is doing something special under this incredible leadership in this wonderful city and this wonderful church and the branches that have gone out from this church. It's amazing the fruit that God is bringing forth as you guys continue to branch out and affect the surrounding communities. So thankful for what God is doing and all the churches connected with this church. Appreciate so much the apostolic leadership that God has placed here, his vision, and what a blessing it is for me to witness when a man of God operates in his calling and his gifting and just to see the fruit of it. Just, it's like pouring oil on my spirit. I feel just refreshed being among you here tonight. Anybody feel that refreshing? Praise God. And uh, God is honoring faithful people. God is honoring people that are committed. And I remember meeting Pastor Nutter several years ago in Vider, Texas, and uh, watching him support his son and really just being in, in the shadows, helping out behind the scenes. And that commitment to just give himself without being seen, it's amazing the fruit that's coming out of his character and his faithfulness. And it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. And uh, they're very kind, very kind man and woman of God. Got to meet them several years ago. So thankful to see what God's continuing to do in their family. And I saw Brother Anthony Nutter and his wife. I give honor to them, uh, just their leadership in the Ohio district, uh, what God is doing in them, and now uh, going to plant a church. I'm not going to pronounce the name right, but I'm going to try. Pickerton. Pickerton. Say it for me. Oh, Lord. Okay. I messed it up. I really messed it up. Pickerington. I'm going to be with him next year around this time. And uh, I'm just excited to be a part of what God is doing everywhere. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm excited. We're going to see what happens. I'm going to be there in February next year with Brother Anthony Nutter and 
we're just going to have some church over there. Hallelujah. Going to have some anchor church over there. I'm going to go in there like, yeah. They're going to be like, man, this is my first time in church. Well, welcome. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And uh, all the great men and women of God that are connected to this church, I give honor to you. And uh, Brother Up to Grave and his wife and family. And I'm just blessed to be here. And uh, what a privilege. Thank you all for having me. Uh, why don't we open up our Bibles to the book of Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. I don't know how far I'm going to get in this, but I'm just going to follow the Lord and, and uh, we'll see what happens. And I uh, appreciate your openness to the word of God this morning and your sincerity. What an incredible hunger that I feel here and uh, feel it here tonight. What an incredible crowd. Y'all just don't play here. Y'all just serious. There's people right now looking at me like, can you please get done with your introduction? I'm ready to hear the word. <laughs> and I didn't come here for all that. Come on, just give me some word. Praise God. All right, all right. I'll get there. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 37.1, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about and behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. Last scripture, and I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. I draw my thought out of verse 3 where the prophet answered, O oh Lord God, thou knowest. I want to preach to you on this subject tonight, the knowledge of the Lord, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of God. Why don't you lay your Bibles down and just why don't you send up a praise break for a moment, clap your hands, speak Holy Ghost. Speak. Speak in this place. The knowledge of God. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Somebody shout yes. The knowledge of God. Ezekiel was never supposed to become a prophet. The Bible says that he was a priest and he was supposed to be a priest for the rest of his life. But somewhere along the line, they were cast into captivity and in captivity, Ezekiel saw the heavens open. 
In captivity, Ezekiel heard the Lord call him to be a prophet. More than the rituals of church, more than the rituals and liturgy of habits and rituals and routines and systems, somewhere in captivity, God gave him a vision that he was called to do something more than just go through the motions. He was called to do something more of the perfunctory steps to get in to the presence of God. Something in captivity got a hold of his spirit and said, I was destined for more than just go through the motions of church. I got a word from the Lord and there's a prophecy in my spirit. God knows how to put us through tough places to release what God has put in us the whole time. God knows how to put us in dismal situations to finally get out of us what he put in us from the beginning. We don't always voluntarily become what God wants us to become. Many times we become what God wants us to become by accident, involuntarily, circumstances press us into the presence of God. I told them in towns past, if you don't worship God voluntarily, he'll raise up enough hell in your life to make you worship him involuntarily. If you don't praise God voluntarily, he knows how to press the right button to make you praise him involuntarily. He knows how to get you to clap. He knows how to get you to shout. He knows how to get you to dance. And I made up my mind. You don't have to force me to do it. I do it with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my strength. <laughs> it's like I said, you know, God has a whale for your will. Jonah, you want to do your will? I got a well for your will. And I will keep you in the well long enough until my will becomes your will. Jonah went into the well with his will. He came out of the well with God's will. God, you don't have to put me in a well involuntarily. I, I will worship you with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my spirit, and I choose to. Hallelujah. Somewhere, somewhere in that captivity, the presence of God, it seems like Ezekiel was more sensitive to the presence of God when he was in captivity. While he sat down by that river Chabar, all of a sudden he was sensitive to hearing the presence of God like never before. And the power of God interrupted his routine. The power of God interrupted his system. And God began to speak through him with incredible power. And in the text that I read to you, God while he's dealing with Ezekiel after 36 chapters of prophecy and 36 chapters of power the Bible says that the hand of the Lord came upon him and he carried him out in the spirit of the Lord and the Bible says that he set him down in the midst of a valley that was full of bones and he caused me to pass 
pass around about them and there were many in the open valley and they were very dry. The Bible says, he said, son of man, can these bones live? And the prophet answered, oh Lord, thou knowest. We like to think that the prophet wasn't sure. Can I give you a revelation that the prophet, what he said here was a statement of faith. You're not hearing me right now. The prophet said, I know the bones are all messed up. I know they've probably been here for a long time. And you're asking me if they can live. The prophet gave a declaration of faith and said, you know. That word no means that you have come into relationship with these bones. Meaning, you know these bones more than I know these bones. And you know these bones because you were in a relationship with these bones before the valley ever came. So I'm just leaning on the knowledge of the Lord. And I know if you say they can make it, they can make it. If they can survive it, they can survive it. If you say it can happen, it's gonna happen because the knowledge of the Lord trumps my situation. The knowledge of God, he said, it's going to trump this situation. The bones are all dry. It's all dismal. But the knowledge of the Lord, God would not ask a question if he didn't already know the answer. I am just relying on you, prophet, to depend on my knowledge. And knowledge means that I know them. I knew them before they were broken. I knew before the bones were spread out. I knew them before they were dry. I remember the battle that they died in, but I'm just looking for somebody that can see potential in these bones and lean on my knowledge more than the negative situation. I need somebody to lean on my knowledge more than what they see around them. I need somebody to lean on my knowledge more than the fear, more than the trouble, more than the affliction. Lean on the knowledge of the Lord knowledge of God. He said, God, I know the most powerful answer I can give you. You know. And your knowledge is more important than what I'm going through. You know. You wouldn't have brought me to this valley if you didn't intend for these bones to live. You're not hearing me. Notice that God knew exactly where the bones were. Notice the bones felt forgotten. You're not hearing me right now. The bones felt forgotten. The bones thought God was done with them. I don't know how many years they were sitting there, but God was just waiting on a prophet, and he caught them up in the spirit and brought them right to the tragedy and said, now look at this condition. Bones, I haven't forgot about you. I was just waiting on a prophet to begin to prophesy right into your situation, and you're going to be better after this valley than you were before the valley. Hallelujah. Notice that God didn't need a GPS to find the bones. Ooh, I don't know how long they were there. They were very dry. They were there a long time. 
and everybody else just looks over the bones. Everybody else just walked by the valley. No one wanted to be attached to the valley. God said, prophet, come over here. There's some people that think I forgot about them. In the lifeless situation. And I'm going to bring you right in the middle of it. And I want you to surmise how hopeless it is. The prophet just said, you know. You know. You want me to give you a philosophical answer, God, I ain't even going to do it. I ain't even going to try to figure out this mess. I'm just going to lean on your knowledge. And your knowledge says that you love me before I ever got in this. Knowledge says that you care about me no matter how hurt I am. Knowledge says that you died for me while I was yet a sinner. Knowledge says no weapon form that gets me is going to prosper. Knowledge says that you're going to do something in me knowledge says that you're going to make a way oh somebody clap their hands for a little hey the knowledge the knowledge of the Lord he said I'm going to utter the most powerful answer I can think of you know that word no, yada, literally means you've come into relationship with these bones before by experience. Meaning you don't just know from an abstract point of view, you know these bones by experience. You were there when they died. You're not hearing me right now. You were there when they died. You were there when they struggled. You were there when they gave up hope. You were there when they tried to turn their back on you. You were there when they felt like there was no hope for them anymore. And because I know that you know them better than I know them, I can trust that I'm about to prophesy. Something is about to come alive. Something is about about to come alive because he would not have set me down if he didn't intend for them to get up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Every time God sends a man of God somewhere to sit down, that means an army is about to rise up. I'm about to preach in this place. I said, God sent a man of God to Zanesville to sit down in Zanesville. He said, because there's an army out there. It looks like bones, but I'm about to bring some flesh on them. There's some preachers in those bones. There's some apostles in those bones. There's some prophets in those bones. There's some miracles in those bones. I've just been waiting on somebody to prophesy life into it. I said, every preacher that goes out of here, when you go and sit down in your city, you better understand that God wouldn't tell you to sit down there if there weren't already some bones that he was waiting to rise up. He calls the man of God to sit down first, and then the bones will rise up. The bones will not rise up first. He's been waiting on a man of God to have the courage to sit down in the mess and prophesy in the mess until something come on shut tight 
I said, whenever you go, whatever ministry God calls you into, whatever city you're preaching in, you just make sure you sit down there. I ain't going to stand up and wonder about another valley or another thing. I'm going to sit down where God put me. Ooh, help me, Holy Ghost. Because God says if he sits me down somewhere, there's some bones that are just waiting on a word from the Lord. There's some bones that are just waiting on some encouragement. There's some bones that's been struggling with addictions. Some bones that has been struggling with alcoholism. Some bones that have been struggling with immorality. And they're just waiting on a preacher to sit down right there in the midst of the mess and look at the bones and say, there's some life in you. How do I know? For the Lord knows you and the knowledge of God trumps your situation. Okay, Jesus goes into the to the mountain, and the Bible says he goes up to the mountain, Matthew 5. He goes up to teach. He goes up, and when he goes up, nobody comes to him. He goes up to the mountain. He's about to get into the Beatitudes. The Bible says he goes up to the mountain. And the Bible says when he went up the mountain, listen, and he set himself. The Bible says when he set himself, the disciples came to him. They didn't come to him while he was on the mountain. They were waiting for the man of God to set himself there. And when he set himself there, they listened. See, when you go up the mountain, they'll look at you. But when you set yourself on the mountain, they'll listen to you. God's not sending you to the city to just stand there and let people look at you. You make up your mind and say, I'm setting myself until a revival, until an anointing, until the power of God. just going to sit down on there sit down right in the mess you don't see it but there's an army right here there's potential right here there's destiny right here and I'm just going to sit down in it, and I'm going to trust in the knowledge of the Lord because his knowledge trumps my circumstance his knowledge trumps my weak moments his knowledge triumphs over my condition his knowledge of me triumphs over my failures. He knows me. That's what he told Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you and I sanctified you and I ordained you. Listen, before you were even formed, I knew you. I knew you before you ever gave your first breath. And I knew you would say, God, I cannot speak for I'm a child. But I want you to know before you were a child, you were my child. You were my child in eternity before you became a child in time. And I've got to reveal that I knew you so you have the courage to get through any attack that may come against you. You have to lead on this knowledge. Oh, Lord. You got 
to lean on this. That's why God had to tell him at the beginning of his ministry so he could lean on it. That would be the word from God that Jeremiah would hold on to before I formed you, meaning I knew your whole life before I even formed you. I knew all of your failures before I even made you. I knew you would write a whole book called Lamentations. I knew you would cry more than any other prophet. I knew it before I called you and I knew it before I formed you. So I just need you to rely on me and trust that I know what I'm doing and my knowledge is going to triumph over that jail you're going in, Jeremiah. My knowledge is going to triumph over your depression. My knowledge is going to triumph over your anxiety because knowledge of... Before I formed you, in the belly I knew you. God says, I've been thinking about you before time began. (laughs) I thought about you before I created Adam. I said, before I created the world, I already knew you. Because the Bible says that, that before the foundations of the world, I was chosen in him. Before the foundations of the world, I chose you. Before I ever created a star, my mind was on you. Before I created a galaxy, I thought about you. I knew what your family would go through. I knew, as a matter of fact, I've been waiting on you to be born since I created Adam. As a matter of fact, I chose the best time for you to be alive, for your gift to be most effective. I could have let you be born in 400 B.C. I could have let you be born in 500 A.D. I could have let you be born in the 1800s. But I looked at you before time began. And I set you in a time in 2020 where you would be most effective for me. Where you could do the most for me in my glory. I thought of you before. Oh, Lord. He said, I've been, I've been setting you up to be in the anchor church before I created the church. Y'all going to make me preach in here. I've been setting you up. You think it's an accident you're here? You think you're an accident that you're here right now? You don't understand that 15 generations ago, I had you in mind when your great, 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 grandmama got with your great, 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 granddaddy, and I strategically placed them together because I had you in mind mind. I was looking at your lineage to create the perfect personality. You're not hearing me right now. I'm going to hook him up with him up because 10 generations later, they're going to have a personality that I need to plant a church and use for my glory. God's been setting you up since before you were even born. I wish somebody would clap your hands if you hear what I'm saying. I wish somebody would lift up your voice if you hear what I'm saying. I wish somebody would shout out to God. (laughs) While you were addicted to drugs, God was counting down before you got into this church. 
you're not hearing me right now. If you were in jail, God was counting down your sentence faster than you was counting down your sentence. You were watching it night and day. He was watching it night and day and from eternity. You're not hearing me yet. Who help me, Holy Ghost. God was strategically moving cars out the way so you wouldn't be killed. He was strategically protecting aircrafts for you. You could have died in the womb and you didn't know that your heart stopped beating for a minute but the Holy Ghost came in and jolted it because they said I need them in 2020. I'm telling you the knowledge of God is more important than your circumstance the knowledge of God is more important than your past. Before I formed you, I knew you. And how are you going to try to explain to me how bad you are <laughs> when I know you from the inside out? He said, you can't convince me to give up on you. Watch this. I know you too well. You can't convince me to not use you or choose you. I know you too well. And even when the devil tries to accuse you before God, he can't accuse a God that already knows. He can accuse you to God for what God already knows about you. Hey, uh, by the way, they're a sinner, you know. I was like, uh, duh. <laughs> That's why I chose them, so they could be a testimony. Uh, and, and by the way, devil... What did you think I would make my church out of? What is there in the world to make the church out of but sinners? But when you get a knowledge of his blood, if you get a knowledge of the new birth, if you get a knowledge of Jesus' name, baptism, you get a knowledge of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, hey, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Anybody? It's in this church that says they were never a sinner straight lying to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, see, what I'm trying to convince you is that there's hope for you. God says, while you're giving me a list of all your excuses and why you can't live for me, I'm handing you back a whole list of excuses of why you will live for me. And God's got the advantage. 
because he more, knows more about you than you do. Matter of fact, God says you have a limited perception of yourself. That's why I need you to lean on my knowledge. Because you're just looking at yourself like you're just some dry bones. You're looking at your situation and saying you're hopeless. Little old B in Zanesville. God don't care. God don't care. He don't care. He's like, you don't understand. Before I formed you, I knew you. Not only did I know you, I set you apart. I set you apart from people that could damage your destiny. That's why you don't connect with a lot of people too well. Because I will not allow your spirit to get entangled with people that will sabotage you. I set you apart before you got here. Not only did I set you apart, I, I ordained you. I, I commissioned you. I set a path for you. Oh, Lord. You try to stay off the path because you look and say, God, I'm just a child. No, I got a path for you. God, God, I got failures. No, I got a path for you. Stop using those excuses and start depending on my knowledge. I know what I'm doing. I wish you would clap your hands. Oh. oh, oh! you think you just stumbled in here? Oh, that's cute. That's cute. Oh, oh you think it's coincidence that you're here on this night in 2020? Oh, that, that's cute. That, God is very strategic. <laughs> Matter of fact, he laughed at you when you said, I'm never going to church. God just laughed in heaven. That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> she don't know that she's going to be singing up here before long. He don't know that he's going to preach my gospel. He don't know that he's going to be an evangelist in 10 years. He don't even know it. He don't even know it. She doesn't know. She doesn't know that she's going to sing under the power of God. She's going to sing at a governor's mansion. She doesn't even know it yet. She's thinking about stop singing. She thinks the Lord doesn't care about her singing. She doesn't know that she's going to sing before governors. She doesn't know that she's going to sing at the national prayer breakfast in 20 years. She thinks she's about to give up on herself. She thinks that she's too dead in sin, but she doesn't know. I got a whole path for her that she doesn't even realize. So when you don't understand where you are, just start depending on his knowledge because he knows exactly what he is. That's why the Bible says, trust in the Lord. With all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Now, 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 he didn't say, listen, that you didn't understand it. Are you getting it? See, we like to quote that and say, well, we don't know. We don't No, there's some things that you understand correctly. Lean not into thine own understanding. There's some things that you understand correctly. You're in a valley right now. You are right. You can 
look at your situation and draw the right conclusions. But he said, trust in me over your right conclusion. Because I am bigger than your correct perception. You're not hearing me. I am bigger than the valley. I am bigger than the current condition. So even though you understand correctly, trust me over what you understand because I can turn it around. You, 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 I understand, Lord. I understand. Yes, you understand, but trust in me. And don't fall into the lie. Oh, you're like, well, I'm raised in Zanesville, so I, I don't trust nobody. They tried to rob me the other day. Somebody broke in my car last week. I don't trust nobody. I go to the altar, I clench my purse. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared somebody going to rob me. Take my purse and my kids to the front. I don't trust nobody. <laughs> you know what a myth that is? That you don't trust anybody? It's a myth. Not only a myth, it's a lie. Let me ask you a question. Who manufactured and made that seat that you're sitting on right now? You don't know, but you trust them. Because you trust that a leg's not going to fall while you're sitting on it. <laughs> you got more trust than you think. Who, who, who put this structure together, whoever they were, you trust that they did it right. That it's not going to crash in on you. You drive in your car, somebody, a stranger's next to you. You trust they're not going to get in your lane. You trust strangers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You trust them. You don't know their name, but you trust them. You trust the lines. You trust the light. You trust the airplane. You say, I can't trust anybody. I'm just going to hide in the closet. Well, who made that closet? You, you, you trust them. All God is saying is, uh, I want you to trust in me uh, over your incorrect conclusions, uh, over your correct conclusions. Uh, I want you to trust in me and my knowledge because I got a plan for your life and for your family, and it is greater than you can imagine, but I need you to trust me in this. Can somebody send up to God a praise break right now? Come on, clap those hands a little bit louder. I need somebody to lift up their voice for a moment. Hey! God's knowledge 
is more powerful and important than your current situation. You know because you have a relationship with those bones before they became bones. And you would have allowed them to become bones if you didn't have a prophet already pan-selected decades in the future that would bring them to life again. You wouldn't have let them lose the battle if you already if you already didn't have a resurrection in the future for them already. He wouldn't have let it happen, listen, if he didn't already have it worked out later. So I'm in the valley that I might know him deeper. Because he knows me, but it's the valley that helps me to know him. the pain, it's the process, it's the struggle that helps me know him in the valley. The knowledge of the Lord is greater. And the Lord said, Victor, I'm sending you to Zanesville tonight to prophesy against their insecurities. To prophesy against the inadequacies that they speak over themselves and tell them that they don't think that I thought about that before I got them here. Are you hearing me? If he's able to deliver you from drugs, he's able to deliver you to your promise. was preaching at a church several years ago, and I'm almost done. Everybody's okay? If I'm helping you, can you wave a hand right now? I was preaching in a church several years ago, and the Lord had me to preach about miracles. I'm preaching about miracles. Them people was looking at me like I was lying. It was almost like, I don't believe nothing you're saying. Pastor was looking at me crazy. Looking at his congregation. And the Lord said, keep talking about miracles. I kept talking about miracles that I've seen, miracles that had happened. No one in the building believed what I was saying. The pastor didn't believe what I was saying. The pastor's wife didn't believe what I was saying. Nobody clapped. Nobody responded. They thought I was lying. Then the Lord spoke to me. He said, Victor, if they do not believe me, I will show them. <laughs> See, I messed y'all up right there. He said, if they don't believe me, I will show them. Because you are declaring what you know about me. And nobody believes what you're saying about what you know about me. 
he said, I will do whatever I have to do to defend my name. And I will show them that I can do what I want with or without their faith. He said, Victor, do you think anybody was present when I created the world? He said, there was no faith present. And they're still experiencing what I did when no faith was around. Hello? Whose faith created oxygen? Whose faith created made the sun rise up this morning? There was no faith present, yet God did wonders. So he says, when you start declaring what you know about me and no one believes, he said, I just move anyway. <laughs> just to show I'm sovereign. And I was God all by myself before anybody ever believed in me. And Ezekiel talks about it where he said, look, God's going to deliver you from captivity. Look what Ezekiel said. But God says, I do not this for your sake, O Israel. He said, I do this for my holy name's sake. He said, look, Israel, you're not even living right. But the problem is my name is attached to you. And I can't let you bring my name through the mud. And the Bible says he had pity for his holy name's sake. Didn't pity the people. Are you hearing me? He pitied his name. So when people are declaring the name and the knowledge of God, even when there's nothing, no faith present, God says, my knowledge trumps anybody's unbelief. And if nobody, <laughs> I'm telling you that because God's about to do something in this building. I'm telling you, your God is bigger than the hopeless situation that you're in. Your God is bigger than the depression that you've been fighting. Your God is bigger than the affliction and the pain and the sickness that is in your body. Your God is bigger than that, uh, and he knows who he is. Uh, your God is not insecure, uh, but God says, I'm going to do something in the middle of the valley uh, so you never doubt me again. Uh, is he, if he's able to put meat on somebody's bones, uh, he's able to put food on your table. Come on, somebody. If he's able to put meat on somebody's somebody's bones uh, he's able to speak life in the middle of death uh, if he's able I want everybody to stand with me I want everybody to stand with me who help me Holy Ghost help me Holy Ghost help me Lord who Jesus God says I want to change the limited perception that you have about your own self 
and I want you to start seeing my knowledge, seeing me. And when you see me, you're going to see your own self in your proper condition. You know, because insecurity can create a lot of conflict. Did you know that? Because you, you got to kind of put your ego out there so nobody questions your security for being insecure. I'm so insecure. And so you got to be like, hey, I'm somebody. Are you acting like somebody because you feel like you're nobody? Yeah. We don't have time for that. Just lean on his knowledge about you. Because his knowledge trumps how you feel about yourself. Are you hearing me? Here's what I want to happen. I, and I, help me, Holy Ghost. I want you to lift up your hands for a moment. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to tell God you want him to do exactly what he wants to do. Can you open up your mouth and pray right now? Can you open up your mouth and pray right now? Can you open up your mouth for a little bit? Come on, somebody. I need some intercessors to go after God for a moment. God, do exactly what you want to do. Hallelujah. This is for somebody. The Lord just spoke to me and said, tell them that you can be poor and still have a purpose. The Lord says there's been people that's been using their financial condition as a measuring mark. As, of, as if they're blessed or not. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. You've bought into the lie that you gotta, that having a lot of money is the only sign of being blessed by God. It's not true. It's not true. Job lost everything, but he was still in covenant with God. He was in covenant with God when he was rich. He was in covenant with God when he was poor. Circumstances do not dictate relationship. Are you hearing? Even when he was battling, he said, I know my Redeemer lives. Knowledge trumps 
experience. Knowledge trumps your current condition. The knowledge of God trumps all of those things. So here's what I want to do. I feel like the Lord's lifting a lid off of your mind. This is why I feel like it's so important where you guys are. And like my brother was testifying earlier about how he was in jail. What I saw, what, what's happening is God is showing you hope through the testimonies that's come through this church. That if you're ready to believe in what he has planned for you, he'll do it. Okay, we got visual testimonies. I can go through my testimony about how I was abused, about how I was broken and how I was physically beaten and how I couldn't speak English until I went to a speech therapy therapist from the ages of five to six I, from the abuse and the trauma I, I can go through all of that but we are all on this platform we're all testimonies that God is able if you will depend on his knowledge here's what I want to happen as everybody's standing if you have a sickness or a pain in your body right now I want you to lift up a hand where you are. If you have a sickness or a pain in your body. And as your hand's lifted, I want you to make your way to the front if you can. I want you to make your way to the front. Those that have their hands lifted, I want you to come to the front. Just come to the front. Those that have their hands lifted, just come to the front. Oh, Lord. Look at these needs. Look at these precious people. Look at these needs. Wow. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's it. That's it. Look at these needs. I want you all to come in a little closer if you don't mind. Now, I, I want some people that believe in the Lord and believe that by his stripes you are healed. And as one writer said, I believe it was Peter, he said, by his stripes ye were healed. <laughs> I want some believers to just gather around these people that have come to the front. I want some believers to gather around them. I am telling you, God is speaking in this house. That's it. Move in. Move in. There's needs all across this building. That's it. Some believers just gather around them. God's about to do some miracles in this place. God's about to do some miracles in this place. That's it. Move in. Oh, Lord. You know what has happened? I want you to look at me for a moment. You know what's happened? Been in a valley for a while. And it's like the valley has become more real than what you know about God. And that valley has just begun to eat up your belief in what you know because all you, all you know is what you've been enduring in your life. And it's been tough for you to get a, your faith cultivated because it's like every time you leave church, every time you go on your job, there's always some problem waiting on you to 
eat you up again. So you come back to church and you try to rev up your faith. But it's tough because you know what you're going home to. You know what family situations you're going home to. You know what job experiences you're going home to. But on Sunday and Wednesday, you come and you try to rev it up. And when you do, it's almost like you hit this ceiling because it's, it's just tough to believe because your circumstances are becoming more real than what you know about the Lord. And the Lord has just sent me here just to talk to some bones. Those bones couldn't even believe for themselves. But he said, Lord, you know. You know them. Those bones didn't have the capability to even believe or trust. It was only God's knowledge of where they were in their lives that he knew he could work a miracle. I come as an ambassador of the Holy Ghost tonight, right in the middle of those bones, standing with the man of God, <laughs> but the bounds, come join me on this platform if you can. Oh, Lord. Just standing with this man of God. And on the strength of the prophetic words that have come out of his mouth, God is about to put some bones back together. God's about to take pain out of your body. God's about to take cancer away. Backs are about to be straightened. Pain is about to depart from the strength of what has already been spoken. It's about to happen. I hear the Lord saying, Pastor, there was nothing wrong with your prophecy. There's nothing wrong with the words that I spoke through you. You have spoken some things for years that you haven't seen happen yet. But the Holy Ghost said that this year, he said, your memorial of prayer has come up as a memorial before the throne of God. And as Cornelius prayed for his house, and finally his prayers and his alms came up, and I sent the answer to his house. Even so, as the angel of this house, 
you have sent up prayers on the behalf of people for years and years and years and nothing has changed yet but he said it's come up as a memorial before the throne of God and you're about to see some answers to those prophecies some answers to those things this year starting tonight starting tonight starting tonight want you to stand right there as the authority of this house. For those of you that have a sickness or a pain in your body, hear me as a man of God speaking directly into your spirit. I am going to pray a prayer of faith over you. I'm going to command the sickness to leave. You hear me. I'm going to curse that pain and command that pain never to return. Those migraines that you've been having for years, they're, they're about to be gone forever. That swelling in your body that you've had in your back and in your bones and in your joints, God is about to immediately heal you where you're never going to have that pain again. God is about to make people whole in this place tonight. I'm going to pray and loose things and bind things by the Spirit. And when I'm done, I'm going to shout to the top of my lungs, Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. Jesus. Say it louder. Jesus. Even louder. Jesus. Let me tell you what's about to happen. When I pray this prayer of faith over you and I lose the name of Jesus over you, when I shout Jesus to the top of my lungs, I want you to shout Jesus with everything in you. And when you shout it, you're going to feel pain begin to leave your body. You're going to feel those limbs be made straight. You're going to feel the power of God come on you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. When I shout Jesus, I want you to shout it seeing your miracle, seeing it changing, seeing the power of God right now. Lift up those hands right now and close your eyes. Lift up those hands, close your eyes. I want you to see God turning it around. I want you to see the pain being gone. By the authority that is in the word of God and by the power that is in your name, I release now the gift of faith upon your people. I curse the pain in their body right now. I release the working of miracles and the gifts of healing. I curse the spirit of depression in the name. I curse that anxiety right now in the name. I command those bones to be made straight right now in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed now in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. I want you to lay your hands on the person beside you. I want you to put your hands on the person next to you. And I want you to pray in the name of Jesus that their bodies be made whole now. 
I want you to lay your hands on the person next to you right now. And I want you to command the sickness to leave their body right now, never to return. I need you to lift up your voice right now. I want you to curse the pain in their body and release the working of miracles right now. People are being healed from the front to the back. I command you to be healed now, ma'am, in the name of Jesus. I command your body to be made whole now, sir, in the name of Jesus. Be made whole in the name of the Lord. Come on.
I want you, want you to move your body around. Feel your body stretch it. See if the pain is left. If you felt a difference in your body where the pain is gone, I want you to come join me on this platform. If you feel that God has touched you. Uh, Can you clap your hands for these that are coming forward? If you felt God touch you, come on up. This is the first wave. Can you clap your hands for these that are coming up? Come on, let's, let's give a clap of appreciation to God. By his power, by his name, by his blood. Let me tell you, this is the first wave. More people are about to be made whole. Do you believe it? Here's what I want us to do. Where was the pain? How long was it like that? Seven months. Is the pain completely gone? As far as I can tell, standing up. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Are you up? Where was the pain? My left side of my chest. How long? Is the pain completely gone? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Where was the pain? My entire back. The doctor told me that I had arthritis from carrying so many children, so it's worsened over time. How many, how long has it been that way? It's gotten worse, so several years. Is the pain completely gone? It's completely gone. Come on. Let's thank our Lord right now. Come on, let's praise our God. This is your Jesus. Hallelujah. Where was the pain? My right knee. How long? For like two months now. Is the pain completely gone? Yes, sir. Hallelujah, Jesus. We glorify you. Praise God. Where was the pain? How long? Uh, it's about seven years now. My foot feels so much better. I can stomp it and, and feel it. Hallelujah. Pain's completely gone? Sure is. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Holy is the Lamb of God. Praise God. Where was the pain? My pain was in my neck, and I couldn't even sleep last night or turn my head today. And I'm dying when I feel free. Hallelujah. Holy is the Lamb of God. Praise God. Where was the pain? On my left side brain. How long has it been that way? Since You can feel something on that side now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him. This is your God. Come on. This is your God. 
This is your Savior. Hallelujah. Where was the pain? I've been having a headache all day. And it's gone. It's gone. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Where was the pain? My ribs and my back. How long was it that way? For several weeks. Is the pain completely gone? It's gone. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Where was the pain? In my shoulder and my back. How long was it that way? Is the pain completely gone? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. In a minute, I'm about to send you guys out. If you have a sickness or a pain in your body and you're still in this altar, can you raise a hand? Can you raise a hand? I want you to go link up with somebody that's raising their hand right now. Can you come down? Keep your hands raised. If you have a sickness or a pain in your body, keep your hands raised. That's it. I want you to go link up with some people that have their hands raised. Miracles are in the house. You've heard the testimonies. It's just the beginning. God is about to heal your body. God is about to make you completely whole. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray one more time against every disease, against every pain, and I'm going to shout again. This time I'm going to shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. When I shout hallelujah, there's about to be another wave. There's about to be another wave. More people are about to be healed. More people are about to be touched. And I'm telling you, not only are people going to be healed now, but there are some conditions that I know you can't tell if you got healed. I need you to schedule some doctor's appointments this week and next week. There's going to be residual testimonies. There's going to be more and more testimonies, okay? Anybody believe what I'm saying? There's about to be more and more testimonies uh, that are going to be weeks and months to come. Do you believe what I'm saying right now? Oh, hallelujah. I said link up with somebody. Lift those hands in the air right now. Grab that person's hand and lift it up right now. When I shout hallelujah, I want you to shout it with everything in you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the miracles that you have already done. I thank you for the people that you've already touched. But Lord, we are asking you to do an exceeding great and mighty work right now. I curse the pain in their body. God, I curse the sickness in their body. I command diabetes to leave. I command high blood pressure to leave. I command arthritis to leave. I speak to that paralysis. I command them to be made whole in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I command cancer to leave now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening and we hope to see you soon.